Bueller, 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 Bueller. Wake up! Good morning! Terry Wilson, he's gonna throw! Conrad! Touchdown, Kentucky! Touchdown, Kentucky! Victory, Kentucky! Like, give your fans what they want, you dinguses. She probably smokes marijuana. Bad, bad girl. Davis is buggers over here. Back outside. This is the point where he always hits it. Oh! Aaron Harrison beyond belief. We did it. We beat those British We bastards. beat the British. Suck it, Cornwallis. Ten kids. You're basically pregnant for 20 years. Pregnant or breastfeeding. Just wild. Like, that sounds exhausting. Potheads. What an adorable... What an adorable bunch of people. Woodson from the gun. Play fake. Step it up. He's throwing deep down the near sideline. He's got Johnson. 20 down. Touchdown. Kentucky. Jesus, Rash. Get it together. Yeah, it's game day. Come on. Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call with Walker and Roush. Happy Tuesday to you. It is February 27, 2024. This is another edition of Kentucky Roll Call Roll on Big X Radio, 96.1 FM, 1450 AM. TJ Walker and Justin Kalen to get you started. Nick Roush will be here soon. Hopefully, that's the plan. And hopefully, you're taking your time getting wherever you're going this morning. Storms, rainy, gross, ugly. It's at least warm outside, but it's some nasty weather out there. So take your time, allow yourself extra time to get where you're going, and just tune in to Big X Sports Radio all day for a lot of great local programming. Justin Kalen, how was your Monday evening? How's the start of your week going? Uh, I'll tell you this right now. When I walked outside this morning was probably the happiest I've been in a long time. I mean, it felt absolutely phenomenal. So the Tuesday's off to a great start. Monday night was equally as good. It was, uh, as you know, a busy day for me. Had to do our radio show yesterday morning. Then I had to go to the hotel, bust out some inspections on some rooms. And then I had a doubleheader last night. 28th District semifinal action at Eastern. was a lot of fun. We had just two fantastic games. First one, a little better than the second one. Second one wasn't all that fun. But, I mean, we go from 83-81 final on our first game to a 61-47 final in the second game. So talk about just two different games there last night. But now it was a good time. Big Blue Drew was there. Got to see him with one of his younger sons. So, yeah, it was a good time. It was a, it was a great Monday for me. Did you say what's up to BBD? I did. Yeah, I, I sure sure did. What would you all talk about? Uh, well, we didn't get to talk long because he came down when we were like in the middle of a commercial break, and they're only three minutes long. And that was the, that was in between games, so I was trying to get the starters for the next game. And then, yeah, he had walked up, and we we talked for maybe thirty seconds to a minute or so. He was like, oh, "I'll come back when you don't have the headset on." So then I I saw him coming down the stairs to leave about halfway through the second game. So luckily, we were in commercial, made sure to take my headset off, and we. Just talked about if I'd be there Wednesday. He said he might be there Wednesday. So we ended the conversation by saying, see you then. <laughs> to be continued. To be continued, yeah. All right, good. I'm glad you didn't big league, big blue Drew. 
he may hop on with me today. I'll be filling in for Mike Rutherford from three to six today. And Scoots, you'll be there with me for at least part of it. Yeah, I'll be there for probably half of it. I'll probably have to yeah. bounce around four thirty. So well, yeah. yeah, you said you said five last week, so we'll go ahead and call it five. I've we'll got to, we'll I've got to, I've got to plan out my day and try to figure out exactly what time I need to leave. But likely, I could probably make four forty-five work. But yeah, I've got a, I've got a decent little drive after I leave Rutherford, probably about forty-five minutes to an hour or so to get to the school. I've got to call my game tonight. So yeah, I've got, I want to leave myself plenty of time. And to be honest with you, TJ, my sister lives right by the school that I'm going to tonight, so I was kind of hoping to maybe slide in there, see the niece and nephews for a little bit before I have to head over to the school. Yeah, but the bad thing about that is we have jobs. We got jobs. Yeah. I would would love also this evening to have dinner with my daughter and my (laughs) wife, and I'm going to be working a full day too. Do I get to leave the Rutherford show at 4.30? Yeah, I mean, but you get to see you get to see your kid and wife all the time. I never get to see my nieces and nephews, so I, I've just got I've got to think about my priorities. And when I think about my priorities, they're at the top. I think I may. Oh, and also after you leave, this is a one of my friends. I was like, I need some segment ideas for Rutherford. I'm going to rank my top coworkers. I'm going to rank the Big X <laughs> Sports Radio employees during the three to six o'clock hour of Mike Rutherford. <laughs> Great idea. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure I'm the only person at Big X Sports Radio that does their job consistently. Excuse that doesn't, me? You heard me. I'm not, I got to leave at 445. I want to, I want to see my sister. <laughs> <laughs> that's, I don't, I just don't feel like that's fair to say towards me. I had always said when I, you know, talking to the head honcho Scoots, I was always like, yeah, just me and Scoots. We're the only people that really care about our jobs at this place. Now it's just me, unfortunately. <laughs> Now I'm going to only have to talk glowingly about myself uh, in, in as the way it currently stands. So you'll, I want to do that. So you'll I want to do that. You'll be at the top of the power rankings is what you're saying. You are your own favorite co-worker. <laughs> well, I don't want to spoil anything on anybody's list, but you can find that again today a little bit later from 3 to 6 on the Mike Rutherford Show. In all seriousness, we do want to hear from you on the Thornton sex line, 502-414-1450, 502-414-1450. Text on in, stop on in at a Thornton's today to get your day started off on the right foot. Breakfast sandwiches, they've got pre-made lunches if you just didn't get time this morning for whatever reason. Stop at a Thornton's, download the app, become a refreshing rewards member, and save inside the store and at the pump. We love Thornton's. They sponsor our text line. How could we not? And you do as well because they're all over Louisville and Kentucky and Southern Indiana and other areas. Text on in today. Cats take on Mississippi State in a big one. Uh, We're going to talk a lot about it as the show goes on, and then from 3 to 6, that'll serve a little bit as a pregame show for the Cats. We'll probably talk a little UofL, obviously, because it's a UofL show, but it's so facto we're going to turn that bad boy into a proper pregame show. Roman's going to be pumped. Mississippi State. Roman's a big Cards fan, right? He is, yeah. I haven't gotten to meet Roman. This he uh, when Roush did the show on Thursday, Roush left, and I was in the studio here with Roman, and he looks at me, he goes, "Yeah, just a uh, just a little bit too much Kentucky for my liking." <laughs> and I was like, "Well, he's a Kentucky guy." <laughs> Ooh, he's got uh, got some got some bad news about today, then Roman. <laughs> I wonder if Roman's ever listened to Roll Call. I doubt it. I doubt it too. Yeah, yeah. The I, one thing, I, I, if I can give you any advice today here for Rutherford 
even though Rother, even though Roman doesn't listen to roll call, you should listen to Roman with his NBA picks. My gosh, that kid is on fire. I don't know how he knows the NBA so well, but he really does. I got a hot tip on Hami, Hami Hakez Jr. overs yesterday, and that hit, which was uh, which was nice. Although I parlayed it with the Knicks just beating the terrible Pistons, and mm-hmm. did you see how that one finished? I didn't know. Like last, the the Knicks won on a last second shot, but they were really Ooh. lucky. It was like total chaos of a play, and it was really funny. I, so I was lucky to win my bet, all things considered. All right, I'll, I'll take Roman up for some NBA picks. Why the heck not? Yeah. I'll see if he's got any college basketball picks as well. We he, may throw some picks your way today. He went two for two on his college basketball picks last night. He gave out Baylor and Kansas State on the money line. Both won. Oh, Kansas. Well, Kansas State money line paid poo-poo, but they nearly blew that one. I think they were 10-point favorites, and they were up like 22 in the second half, and then West Virginia stormed back, forced overtime, and Jerome Tang's perfect overtime record. I swear, Scoots, he just went to overtime so he could win again in overtime. <laughs> there was no business for that game to go to overtime. He just wanted to go to overtime to improve his record. Why not? They did, so good pick there by Roman. And then Baylor, yeah, in a low-scoring, ugly game, they went on the road. Nice road win for the Bears and Scott Drew at TCU. I was on the Jacoby Walters over 13 and a half, and I think he only made like four field goals or something, but three of them were threes. He hit some free throws as well, so I did get that one, luckily. But, yeah, nice win for Baylor. Not the most enthusiastic college basketball night on the slate. Mondays are usually the worst. He did get a good game, shockingly, in UNC Miami. I guess you didn't get to see that one because you were working. Yeah. UNC trying to ice out the game, misses five straight free throws to keep Miami in it. Unfortunately for Miami, during that stretch of five missed free throws, UNC got two offensive free throw rebounds. Oh, man. Which UNC, especially under Roy Williams, but this is something that's obviously just taught in the program to Hubert Davis, they are an elite offensive rebounding free throw team. And they foul almost every time that they do it. I'll always remember, uh, I mean, I'll remember the, the UK games in 2017, both of them. I think they succeeded on a couple of those tip outs. But especially in the final four games, UNC did when that they, they beat UK because of John Higgins and they go to the final four out in Phoenix. And who did they play? Was it Gonzaga uh, or whoever it was? They did that tip out late in that game. Maybe it was Oregon. They did that tip out late in that game several times to ice that one. They're really good at that play. And every team should kind of be following. UK is not a terrible offensive rebounding team on free throws. They do a different strategy where they basically just have their two players go interior guys, but they crisscross, which creates an X and just confusion. But UNC, they're much more pinch in and then just don't, if you can just get your finger on it, just tip it out, knock it back out. And that led to them winning the game. But RJ Davis, I think he had 41 points for UNC. He is incredible. Uh, He is having a hell of a season. 42. What's that? He had 42. 42, yeah, really, 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 really good performance. He is one of the best scorers in college basketball. He can definitely have a Kimba-like march. There is no doubting that. Um, if not for him, UNC, they'd be a bubble team. and But they do have him, and instead they'll probably be a two-seed, maybe even a one-seed. He's really good. Uh, they shouldn't have been that close with Miami last night. Miami was out. Poplar and uh, who was the guy that signed the two-year deal? 
their point guard. Uh, Main point guard for Miami. Nigel Pack? Yeah, Nigel Pack. Pack and uh, Poplar were out last night, and they still had a chance to win that game. So UNC is an interesting team, but when you get 42 points from R.J. Davis, that's that's going to do the trick more times than not. My Monday was great. Uh, weather was so good, Scoots. I was like, I don't, re- I don't even know what time it was. It was like 4 o'clock, and I was just like, I cannot work anymore. <laughs> like, the weather is too nice. I've got to get outside. So got outside. We ended up grilling out, eating dinner out on the deck, playing outside pretty much until it got dark out. When you get those days in February, you got to take advantage of them. So that was nice. And then the the March kind of nostalgia is not the right word, but like I'm, I'm my March senses are tingling, Scoot. Mm-hmm. The, chal- the calendar is going to change this week, but when you get those good weather days, like endorphins, they just literally get up in your nostrils and you just can't help but be in a good mood. And you start thinking about the tournament. You start thinking about those warm March days. Hopefully you're not going to be working a lot. You're going to be able to take off that first Thursday and Friday of the NCAA tournament and soak it all up because it is literally right around the corner. I couldn't be more pumped about it. And like we mentioned, Cats take on Mississippi State. There's only four regular season games left to go. This is the second-to-last road game this team will ever play together, a true hostile road game. And it's going to be another whiteout. Mississippi State's got white shirts all throughout the building. Uh, Kentucky, this is like the seventh or eighth game this year that there's been some huge promotion when the Caps have come to town. But this is a big one for SEC standings. This is a big one for NCAA tournament seating, SEC tournament seating. A lot on the line tonight, Scoots, and they've already played. They played, Kentucky beat them. It was like the fourth SEC game of the year, so middle of January, and Kentucky up big in that one, and then Mississippi State, I think they were up 18 at halftime. Mississippi State had a solid second half, I think put up 48 points on Kentucky, and got it within six. That was about as interesting as it got, but UK, buffer's own game if there ever was one was able to win by 13 points. So, uh, comfortable win for Kentucky. Mississippi State did make a run. UK kind of did their nonchalant. We're taking our foot off the gas a little bit thing in the second half, but still a comfortable double-digit win in that game. UK did not have Big Z in that one. Um, you played. You had Bradshaw starting and getting a lot of minutes. UK was a really different team, and I'm sure Mississippi State was different as well. But as the show goes on, we'll talk about that. Let's get on over to the Thornton's grab-and-go text line. People that are waking up early with us, we always like to see what's up with them on the Thornton's text line. One texter says, I cannot for the life of my get a read on this game tonight. Was surprised to see it open as a two-and-a-half point favorite for Mississippi State, but it's moved. It's three-and-a-half, and it's still going that direction. I saw four this morning. 11-2 at home, but they don't have guards thinking I'm taking the cat's money line says one texture that is a Scoot? weird line what do you think about that I, that I what was, would you what would you have placed it at did we did, I don't think we got to it yesterday, we didn't did we? no I would have said probably Kentucky two and a half I, I never would have thought that they'd be the underdog in this game interesting I think I, I I did a some Arizona radio show yesterday, and I was like, when the line comes out, Mississippi State's probably going to be favored. It's going to surprise a lot of people. But 
Uh, I, I was not surprised to see Mississippi State be the favorite. I guess I'm a little surprised, though, to see Mississippi State open as the favorite and then become a bigger favorite. I would have thought it'd be more likely that, all right, they open at two and a half. Okay, I bet maybe by the time tip-off, it's closer to a pick or maybe Mississippi State's just a one-point favorite. No, it's gone in the other direction. And I think people are just anticipating this is a road game for Kentucky. Road teams this year in college basketball have struggled. Mississippi State is top 30 in the net. They're projected to be anywhere from like a nine to a seven seed in most bracketologies. This is a a solid team that Kentucky's playing against. And if UK just six days ago can lose on the road to LSU in a game that they had a 15-point second half lead, they can certainly lose this Mississippi State team. This Mississippi State team's better than LSU. And Kentucky will need to be better against them than they were last week. So I was surprised to see the line move further in Mississippi State's direction. Wasn't so surprised to see it open up that way. And I've got roughly, you know, let's add the one. I've got about four and a half more hours talking about this game before the game actually starts, Scoots. Mm-hmm. And then luckily with the Dash Clips KRC postgame show, I've got about an hour, hour and a half after the game to talk about it. So I'm going to be talking a lot today, just in general. Oh, I'm going to do a little game. Every At the end of every hour that I'm broadcasting today, I'm going to give you one code word. And at the end of the Dash Clips postgame show, if you can say the whole sentence, you're going to win a prize. Nice. Let's see who's let's see who's loyal to listening to TJ Walker on radio for what I'm anticipating to be at least six hours today. That's so, fun. Stay tuned to the end of hour one for your first code word. Maybe you can work together with a friend. Like, there's no chance I'm listening to TJ on the Rutherford show. So, can you tap in for those hours, and then we can combine? And yeah, you can play. You can work together with a friend if you want to get the the, the secret phrase. Uh, but I'll be doing radio a lot today. But one thing I'll reiterate, and I'll talk about as the day goes on, as the show goes on. If UK has Trey Mitchell, I'm going to feel pretty good about this game. Now, do they have Trey Mitchell? Uh, I don't know. Uh, it seemed like he was pretty close to being able to go against Alabama. I don't know if the goodwill – Cal is weird about injuries. Stop me if you've heard that one before. <laughs> no doy. Everybody can comprehend what I'm talking about there. But it's not just the I haven't seen him sort of deal. There's a gamesmanship angle that goes with that, and we've talked that to death over the years on Kentucky Roll Call. There's no there's no rule, there's no law that Cal has to come out and say, hey, we're anticipating he's going to be back in 15 days. It could be 20, it could be 10, but that's our timeline. Any games before 10, he's out. Any games after 20, you can almost guarantee he's going to be back in. That's, that's the way we're going to go. Nobody's anticipating him doing that, but – and we all understand that he does that. But a different part of what he does, too, is I think that, like, all right, we just beat Alabama. We smoked them. We got a good win. I think we can afford to beat Mississippi State without you, Trey. And it's not going to be as huge of a loss if we lose. And, again, we're not at full strength, so we're going to give you an extra five days rest because of that Alabama game. I'm not saying Cal is doing that tonight And I can't even specifically say a scenario where he has done that. I'm just confident in the belief that he does do that. Where, okay, we really, really need this game. Well, then you go out there and you try to give us what you can and we'll be cautious of of your minutes. We don't need this game necessarily. Okay, why don't we rest a little bit more? It's no sense in putting you out there at 75% 
we'll be okay without you. And if not, we can survive the loss anyways. I do wonder if the Alabama game has given him a little bit more breathing room to to say, I, I don't know if we need Trey tonight. I would totally disagree with that for what it's worth. I would say, yes, you need Trey. If you win tonight, you assuming you don't get upset at home to Vanderbilt or Arkansas, Arkansas to Vanderbilt, if we want to go in chronological order here, Arkansas Saturday, Vandy's next week. If you, assuming you take care of those games at home, which you should, I'd be shocked if they didn't. You're going to be a top four seed in the SEC if you win tonight. It's not a guarantee. There is a chance that all the dominoes could fall or you get totally screwed. But you'd be a five seed, worst case scenario. But if you win tonight, assuming you take care of business at home against some of the last place teams in the SEC, you're going to get a top four seed in the SEC. If you win tonight, the only game left on the schedule, the regular season that you, again, that I think you would lose or could lose would be at Tennessee. That's not going to hurt you in NCAA tournament seeding. So this is almost, Scoots, to a certain degree, your your last what-if, potentially. And I know there's some people out there that are saying, well, the, what if? They can they can definitely win that Tennessee game. Don't throw that one out. I know, I know they can win that Tennessee game. I wouldn't be totally shocked if they did. I don't think I would predict it as of today. But I'm just saying that loss, no, nobody's going to blink an eye if UK loses on the road to a top-five team. Just it, it doesn't hurt you. It can only help you, and that's a good thing. Tonight, it doesn't really kill you. It kills you in the SEC standings. You lose tonight, you will not be a top four seed in the SEC. Not impossible. You could win out and and other teams could lose. But for all intents and purposes, if you lose tonight, get ready to learn Thursday in the SEC, buddy, because that's where Kentucky's going to be. And I don't think that's going to be necessarily the end of the world. I do think that will be not the best look for this team of full of NBA players to not finish top four in the SEC. But when you don't hit a free throw against Florida and you lose on a last-second shot to LSU and you throw the ball away and lose in overtime to A&M, those will haunt you. That's the difference of winning the SEC versus maybe not being a top-four seed in the tournament. But you win tonight, you get a top-four seed. You lose tonight, most likely you don't get a top-four seed. A lot on the line there, I would think. So I, if Trey Mitchell can go, assuming you know he's like 85%, Mississippi State's, their strength is in their front court. Everything starts up front with them. You could use Trey Mitchell, even if he's not knocking down threes. You could use his defense, you could use his experience, and you could use his toughness. I hope he's ready to go tonight, Scoots. All right. You you explained yourself well there because I was, I was wondering the whole time, like, what? Why? Why do you feel like you need Trey Mitchell? Because it's you all just had that beast of a win against Alabama without Trey Mitchell. So I didn't really understand the mindset, but you talking about their front court and just how big they are. And I, I remember that now. So yeah, Trey would be huge in a game like this, but I think Kentucky's shown that they can win without him. So maybe, maybe not in a game like this. I don't know. I don't, I don't know how it'll play out, but I think either way, Kentucky wins that, that line. I'm with the texture. I'm slamming the money line. You're going to hit it hard. Oh, yeah. If Trey Mitchell plays, I, I and again, assuming he's not just like 50% hum, stumbling on one leg out there, I think Kentucky should win. I just think it's just too much talent, and I think this Kentucky team's a little bit more locked in than they were at other points of this season. Yeah. Without Trey, I still think Kentucky will have a chance to win. I would probably lean Mississippi State uh, just because Tulu Smith 
is a beast. And this is going to be a totally different style of play than what we saw on Saturday against Alabama. Now, these two teams combined for 167 points in their first meeting. That's a lot. Uh, but I, I and I still think the style could be higher scoring, you know, in the 80s, so so to speak. But it's going to be physical inside. And Kentucky in that first game, one of the few times this season, one of the very few times this season that Kentucky has shot more free throws than their opponents, the box score of that first matchup, Scoots, is really bizarre. Um, Kentucky, so Mississippi State shot 15 more shots than Kentucky. They took 69 shots at Rupp Arena. Nice. That's all. Yeah, real nice. <laughs> Hell yeah, Scoots. But 69 shots is a ton of shots. They shot 44% from the field. That's not very, you know, that's not great. Can Why did Mississippi State shoot 15 more shots than Kentucky? Well, because Kentucky shot 17 more free throws. 27 more free throws. Kentucky was living at the line. That ain't going to happen in Starkville. Kentucky will not live at the line. Kentucky will not shoot more free throws than Mississippi State tonight. So it's going to be a really different type of game. DJ Wagner was pretty solid in in that first meeting. He only had seven points, but he was kind of the initiator. It was still kind of his offense, where I'm not so sure that's the case as where things stand right now. So and Bradshaw was a starter. He played 25 minutes in that game. But if you don't have Trey Mitchell tonight, you may see more Bradshaw. You're going to need Uganda, Bradshaw, and Big Z to really step up and be ready to rebound, be ready to be physical inside. If you could get some shot blocking, that's going to be huge. I guarantee you at least one, if not two of those guys, are going to be in some foul trouble. So I can see why the line is what it is. It's going to be a tough one for UK. They could definitely, definitely use Trey Mitchell. Another grab-and-go texter says, would you rather have five Dillies or five Adut the Arrows on the court? Oh, easy. What's what's your easy? Oh, a, a do for sure. It's a do for me too. Five dillies on the court would be really really fun. It'd be stressful. And just the the offense uh, having to guard that would be. You'd almost just be like, all right, dude, take your twenty four footer and laugh at me. I'm fine, do it. You get it every time. But five of dues, I'm going five of dues. You're getting you're you're getting every rebound against the five Dillinghams. You're scoring inside every you're scoring every every time against the five Dillinghams. Every single time. Yeah, I agree. Well and and, may, and, and when maybe you, they're maybe they're scoring ninety five percent of the time, but it ain't every time. And when you watch basketball, like what's the most entertaining brand of basketball? Now, winning obviously is the first answer, but when guys are playing hard that's when it's the most entertaining for me. I love just seeing guys out there competing, and that's what you get out of the arrow. Not that you yeah, don't. You not do. that you don't out of Dilly. He's just for me. He's a little more wonky, a little more of a wild card, if you will. Yeah, it'd be fun. I like the text though. I like where you're. I like where your head's at this morning on the Thornton's text line. The grab and go textures. Texture says, "I don't love the line tonight. Feels like a letdown spot. Threw some dough on the money line. Any player props that stick out?" I'm definitely on the over Tulu Smith over. I think it's 17 scoots is what it was. If he scores under 17 points, Kentucky's going to win that one easy. Mm-hmm. He, he'll probably get 12 points from the free throw line by itself. So I really like Tulu Smith over points. And then I don't hate Cam Matthews uh, 
over 10 points either. I'm just I'm I'm in on the Mississippi State front line this evening. And Cam Matthews didn't have a great game against Kentucky the first go around, but foul trouble played a role in that. And then Tulu Smith, he was he was amazing in the first game, and he'll be amazing tonight. So those are the player props I like. Uh, I don't hate Reed. I think his was over like 10 points. I, I definitely could see him getting over 10 points. And it seems just almost like smart money to take the Reeves over 19. He's been so consistent. But those two I'll, I'll think about. But I, I like I like Tulu Smith the the most that's Reed? my probably play of the day over his points Reed hasn't been scoring a whole lot lately not as much he's been facilitating a little bit yeah uh but I, I do think he's kind of a safety valve when the offense is struggling that like okay we're gonna go tap when the offense is cruising he's a facilitator and he's like the secret deadly weapon where if you forget about him he'll just make you pay with a three just like that when the offense is really struggling He'll still try to do some facilitating, but you'll see Cal sometimes get desperate and be like, "Hey, go try to score, like throw up a shot." Like we we read, and they sometimes maybe don't even do it enough. It would be a criticism that I have. But sometimes they don't just tell Reed to like go create a bucket yourself. Don't go create a bucket for somebody else. Go create a bucket for you. Sometimes I, I wish they do it a little bit more. But Scoots, you're you're spot on. He's he's taken more of a point guard role as DJ has struggled a little bit. Yeah. I mean, and he was playing and let's and he was playing point guard before DJ started struggling and before DJ's injury and stuff like that. But definitely, certainly lately it's even been more so. And a lot of UK fans don't hate it. They love seeing Reed run the show. I, I don't care who's running the show. It could be Antonio Reeves for all I care. Uh, I like how DJ can get into a defense and make a defense collapse in on him, but I just want Reed shooting more. That's all. I don't care if it's with the ball in his hands or if it's him on the wing getting past to. Uh, when you're having that good of numbers, you, you need to put up more of them. Let's take our first break. Hopefully, we'll get Nick Roush in the house when we return. We got a few more grab and go textures we'll get to, and then a bunch of podcast textures as well. So we'll try to get to all of it today. We've got a lot of fun stuff planned for you. Jay Billis, are you going to jail? Find out when we return here on Kentucky Roll Call on Big X Sports Radio. TJ Walker and Scooter Dingus back after this. So wake me up when it's all over. When I'm wiser and I'm older. All this time I was finding myself and I didn't know I was lost. So wake me up when it's all over. Welcome back. Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio, 96.1 FM, 1450 AM. TJ Walker and Justin Kalen on your Tuesday morning. Text on into the Thornton Sex Line, 502-414-1450. You text it in. We'll read it on air. Got a few more grab-and-go textures to get to here in hour number one. Scoots, do you think if you storm the court, you should go to jail? Uh, Absolutely not, no. Absolutely not. Is that what's happening? That's what Jay Billis wants. What? Yeah, he wants you to go to jail. That's... What an idiot. What? He thinks people should get detained and citations when you storm the court. 
We don't have jails big enough to hold all those people. Are you kidding me, Jay? What an idiot. I do love the visual of like this terrible basketball program. Let's just take like Georgia Tech, for example, that they win a big game. They beat Duke. It's fun. You're a Georgia Tech freshman. You go to school with like 85% of other dudes, but there's like 15% girls and like 1% of those girls are at the game with you. You're all storming the court together. You're having fun. You're excited. And then the second you get on the court, you look up at the over, oh, the lower level concourse. Flooded by FBI agents. <laughs> 600 of them, Scoots. They rush down. They block off the court. Now you're trapped. There's nowhere to go. Tear gas being thrown out onto the court. You're coughing. You're having a tough time breathing. Rubber bullets just raining down from the concourse at the students, all just trying to celebrate their team's exciting win. The paddy wagon, the drunk tank, they somehow get inside the basketball arena. We're not really sure how. Uh, It's like the old Madden football games where the ambulance would come out on the field. The paddy wagon is now pulled up in the concourse, and they put away, Scoots, 1,500 students, their crime, having a good time. And Jay Billis just sits there with his arms crossed, and then he says one of his rap lyrics, and everybody thinks it's really, really cool. He wouldn't be saying all this if Flipikowski wasn't just hurt. Of course not. Of course not. Uh, It was a terribly dumb idea. He started getting roasted on social media because it was such a, a bad idea. Uh, somebody said the next 94 feet with Jay Billis and it was inside a prison cell. <laughs> somebody sent in a picture of, you know, those baby races they'll do at basketball oh, yeah. games. Yeah. <laughs> somebody tweeted, said Jay, Jay Billis would have these families behind bars. <laughs> His exact quote was, if they wanted to stop it, they could stop it tomorrow. You don't have to stop the court storming. One time, all you have to do is just once they're on the court, don't let them off. Say you're all detained, and you give them citations or you arrest them if you want to, and then you won't have a court storm the next day. What a dweeb. Super dweeb. Super, super dweeb. Uh, I kind of got out on Jay Billis many years ago just because his broadcasting had jumped the shark for me, and his broadcasting had turned into just telling players stupid things they couldn't do, like – uh, you can't dribble the ball out of bounds in that situation. Why would you miss a shot? Why would you miss that game winner? If you make it, you win. Well, I don't get why he would miss that shot in that position. I had gotten sick of him many, many, many years ago. But that's just a, a horrible take. It does seem like Roush, who has now joined us, these court stormings are bringing out the dumbest takes in people, and I'm I'm loving every second of it. Oh, yeah, it's a bunch of – just a bunch of idiots. Um as I stated yesterday, the the part that is frustrating about all of it is that it seems like they're in the minority speaking from the I know better than you standpoint. When it's like, you know, this is the one thing that college basketball has that's uniquely itself. If you like the sport, why would you try to get rid of it? That's like it's one of the few things that really differentiates itself and is better than the NBA. The players aren't as good. The shot making isn't as good. But you know what? The fans care a whole lot more. And they care so much they're going to go celebrate on the court. Um, it turns turns grown-ups into crazy people. I've I, it's one of those things too, TJ, where like we speak from a point of privilege where 
you know, unlike Scoots who cheers for a washed up has been program, we would never storm the court in a hundred thousand years. We just wouldn't. Um, so like I, even though as Kentucky fans, we're never going to be a part of it. We still want it in college basketball. Like that would be silly to get rid of it just because all these smarty pants think that, well, oh, this is just too much. There's, there's going to be something bad happen. It's like, oh, come on. I, my favorite part about the court storming, TJ, um, that we didn't mention yesterday, did you notice they didn't say what Filipowski's injury was? Well, they he initially, I think, said MR John Shire, I think, said uh, he's going to get an MRI on his shoulder. And then he said that he misspoke after it was his knee, and they're, they're not going to do an MRI. Oh, but it was also his ankle, too. They just they're, – they're basically doing the Michael Scott thing where he's like, point to what hurts. <laughs> and they're looking up on WebMD. No, like this is this stuff is you can just break it down so simplistically. Uh, Flipikowski and Duke were big mad that they lost. They wanted to play victim, and national media just all is so willing to let like an individual play victim. Same with Clay, Caitlin Clark. They just they want to be outraged and they want to be angry and they just want to be able to shout at people and the people they shout out are the people that support them, are the people that make the sport what it is. You're having all these people tell, it's craziness, you can't have that happen, to the people that want it to happen. Well, and the the thing is that, like, not to be just, like, kids these days or wokeness or whatever the hell, but, like, this stuff's been, was there outcries when Darius Miller got trampled 15 years ago? I mean, like... It's it's why now are all of a sudden we've got to take this stance and that not everything has to be just a uh, you got to get on your grandstand and preach from your pulpit like the, I, I kind of caught wise to some of this Roush and we're not I'm not I'm not turning it into this discussion but when you had so many national college football analysts during the pandemic be like don't play what are you all thinking there's no way this is this is this is dangerous you got to think about the kids and none of them offered solutions for how like how you could hey i love covering football i want it to be played as much as anybody and i think there's a solution this way no you had the dan wolkins of the world say like if it ain't going to be climate change that cancels college football it's going to be this pandemic Mm -hmm. Uh, and you just have these people that are in the business that seemingly always fight against the best interest of the business yeah i don't understand it but they don't like the sport they cover it, it, it seems that way. Uh, you had a tweet. Who uh, was it? Seth Davis. This doesn't happen in the NBA. Yeah, we talked about it yesterday. We know why it doesn't happen in the NBA. You don't have two thousand college students just three feet away from the court. And the NBA would probably be better if there were potential court stormings. I'd be more likely to uh, to watch. The NBA could use atmospheres to be a little bit better, to be honest with you. So uh, some terrible takes going around. Alabama's athletic director said that the winning team should just have to forfeit. <laughs> Such a terrible take. I mean, it's an awful take. Just like, like, like think for 30 seconds before you say that out loud. And the thing is, he just read that on the internet. And he thought it was a good idea. But once again, these schools don't actually want to do that. Like, they don't really want to do that. I, what I found too, TJ, to your point, it's a lot of like the the most outrage are the ones who are like the national talking heads. Seth Davis, I deleted like seventeen tweets re- going to respond to that just idiot. Like that was the dumbest thing. And the thing is, is Seth Davis, I've softened on him some over the years, but then he goes and says something like that, where it's like, how out of touch are you? 
where if you say same thing with like during the COVID stuff, when you, when you find the people who are at like a regional level covering it, whether it's at the sec or the big 10, the, the people who just really are passionate about it, they're not the ones who are out there just trying to halt it in its tracks. Um, they, they still care about it. Seth Davis. It's like, dude, Hey, what? I mean, like that's, him saying that like he covers college basketball for a living and he can't notice the difference between the NBA and college. It's like a marine biologist thinking that like a, a lizard can breathe underwater or something. I don't know. Like it just like all of a sudden are you going to be able to scuba dive because you spend time underwater? Like can you breathe underwater now that you're underwater? I don't know. Like I just the, the, the lack of grasp on reality makes me question like do you even when was the last time you went to a college basketball game? You know? Like I, 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 it just. It's, it's, I do wonder how many of these people, how how many of them have ever stormed a court. Hey, so have you ever stormed a court, TJ? Not in like I've stormed like a high school court, like okay. you know, there's been a high school storming, but never in college have I stormed a basketball court. I've right. stormed a, I've I've stormed many a football fields, correct? But never a basketball court. I am so, wondering how many people have ever done well, any well. of that. Yeah, like at, 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 when they were in college, they were a student, they were having fun, and they got to storm a field or a court. I wonder how many of them did that. So I, I've done more, much more experience storming fields. I've been on the field three times. Two were actual like I'm in the stands and I'm close and I run out on there and I'm just sprinting as fast as I can to midfield. It's You got a lot more real estate. Um the the closest thing I had to court storming is very funny because we were at uh, the Bellarmine A Sun Championship. Uh, was that two years tournament championship? And you know I've got Duke with me. He's two, so like I'm not going to go crazy storming the court. But the people we're with, it's a family friend, and Jeff is this. He, he's a middle-aged tax man, right? Like he, he's pretty quiet to himself and there's only two things that make him crazy and it's banana rum and Bellarmine basketball. And he was on that court as quick as, as quick as the students were after the win. I, I ended up taking Duke down there, you know, not like it's, you know, I'm not immediately rushing, but I ended up going down there with him and Jeff's just being a looney tune, like looks like a cartoon character, just jumping up and down, screaming, you know, they're, they're tapping everybody on the head. I like I just I can't imagine being a part of that and thinking like this is bad. We must get rid of this. We must stop this. Like you're making grown men act like twenty year olds. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean you when you say all that, you're not taking a consideration that Kyle Flipikowski's shoulder, knee, and potentially ankle are all dead. <laughs> Gone. Did you see Caitlin Clark? She got knocked and spinned around so much that she's starring in the new Twister movie. <laughs> By the way, did you all, speaking of people on the field, did you all see the story of the uh, Super Bowl streaker? Yeah, I just, so like he had made a big bet that there would be a streaker or something like that. Yeah, he yeah, bet $50,000, got 374000 Yeah, don't pay it out. Only had to get a pay. He, he only had to pay a thousand dollar fine, so he comes out way ahead. Yeah, but yeah. I don't think they paid it out though, right? I, I'm I don't know sure. if they did or didn't, but yeah, they I don't shouldn't. Know either. Yeah, like, they don't. Probably, they probably won't pay it out. Normally, there's limits on those bets too. Um, 
I think yeah, I saw the headlines of that story. I, I admittedly get sick of, of those headlines. Like, <laughs> this person did this, but he did blah, blah, blah. Like, don't. I'm all for court stormings. I'm not for betting on yourself to be a shrieker. <laughs> and I'm really, really out on political message shriekers. Also, it's not a if streaker. You're, if you're, you're, like, why do we have to call them streakers when they're yeah, not naked? That's that's a good point too. Actually, let me rephrase. If you are shrieking and you're naked, I'm in. Yeah, like well, you got a political message, no political message. I don't care if you're a guy or girl. If you're going out there and everything's just flapping in the wind, good for in. you. Yeah, I'm in. If you're got clothes on, I'm almost instantly out. Almost instantly. Now, now, not guaranteed. You could have something going on that I'd be intrigued by. But, yeah, it's, if you're a protester storming the field, out. If you're a protester storming the Capitol, in. My, my thing is that if you're going to – if you're going to streak, like part of the reason that makes it such a big deal is that you're willing to sacrifice like getting in handcuffs completely naked. Like I don't everybody know seen everybody seen your butt. Was the Bass Pro Shops guy? Was what was he protesting? What was he streaking against? I'm for him. I think he was on drugs. So he's he's promoting drugs. He was on drugs and very very ice cold water. Apparently, I I found out my sister lives like ten minutes from there. I was like, she, oh she, man, you could have gone. She's also she's like I've skinny dipped in that same Bath Pro Shop a hundred times. Oh, what's even great too? That Bass Pro Shop is next to a Bucky's. So basically, like, I guess. No, people get yeah, people get wild. Yeah, yeah. That's fun. That's a good time. Yeah, um, it, especially the people that like glue themselves to things. I think if you glue yourself to something, you're just stuck there. Okay, no, the ones that make me the maddest are the people who ruin art. Like, dude, that that is just gross. <laughs> I love that they just do it, and then they, like, go into their spiel. It's like, oil is bad, and if we don't stop, then people are going to have to hear more of us. I say just let them be there. And, like, close close up the museum with them there. Open the next day with them there. And then once they get hungry for food and water, then the the jig can be up. That that one, it's, it's like... This has been preserved for hundreds of years, and you're going to destroy it for... To, to get on YouTube? like, like I like the people that concrete their hands. Oh, that's a thing? Yeah. And I, and like they, and they, and they usually end up like having to have like a finger amputated or something ends up terribly wrong, which like, good, you idiots. No offense. I guess it's just nice to feel something. Feel something on the Thornton's text line. A texter says, John here. Good morning. Happy game day, everyone. By gosh, playing on the road is tough, but the Cats should be in good shape. Give me the Cats to win, and yes, I'm putting my money on the Cats. This is a must-win in my book. We really need this. We'll got to go talk to you later. It's definitely not a must-win, John, but it like it should be one that they're totally locked in on and realize the importance of it. Yeah. But if they lose, you're you're not going to probably see me be mad or uh, Roush. I'm I'm locked in on March. I'm ready for March. Yeah, and but I, I do. LSU, I felt weird about this one. Does feel like a how much have you turned the corner? How much have you learned your lesson? How much it feels like there's there's not going to be a similar letdown here, where this is going to be a 
good, contested, fun basketball game. Might be a little ugly at times. They're not going to have the right whistle, but ultimately pretty confident Kentucky perseveres uh, amid adversity and uh, gets a hard-fought win. Uh, just like you all, surprised the line moving away from Kentucky. Very surprising stuff. So we can talk about it more in the second hour, but I want to hear this code that TJ's going to give out to our listeners today, the TJ Sports Talker code. The first word. I'll be doing like seven or six hours of radio today. If you're with me for all of them, you may win something. The first word today, hour one, it's, it's, I-T apostrophe S, it's. Hour number two, Kentucky Roll Call coming up next on Big X Sports Radio. Welcome back for hour two of Kentucky Roll Call. Nothing is over until we decide it is. With Walker and Roush. We're just getting started, bro. Welcome back. Hour number two, Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio, 96.1 FM, 14 AM. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, and Justin Kalen on your Tuesday morning. Glad that you're with us. Big game for the Cats tonight. We're excited to talk about it. We've got more text on the Thornton's text line to get to, and we've got plenty more to other little topics here and there. Roush, you were talking about the game tonight, about how important it is for UK. John on the text line had said he had called it a must win. I disagree with that aspect of of where things stand going into tonight. It is an important game, though, from seeding and all that sort of deal. And, Roush, I hate playing this card. I normally don't. But I do feel like I'm in this spot tonight where it's like, if they win, I'll probably be more excited than I should. And if they lose, I probably won't care as much as I should. So I, I'm doing a little fanning today, if you will. And the, the reason and rationale behind that is if they win – the LSU game's going to stand out just like the Florida game does, just like the AM game does. That's not going anywhere. And I'm not saying to to make an, to push that aside necessarily. But you'll look at UK over the last several games and be like, all right, this team's playing some pretty good basketball if you win tonight. The LSU game, just the manner, how it all went down, a little bit of an outlier there. Besides that, the Caps are balling. If you can win at Auburn – you can beat Alabama by a million, and then you win at Mississippi State. Three quad one wins in your last three quad one opportunities. Pretty damn good. I'll be excited about that. If they lose, Roush, here, here's a spin zone on it. Doesn't mean I totally believe or feel this way, although I, I think I do kind of align with it a little bit more than I don't. But a, a major spin zone if UK loses. They're coming off an emotional win. Mississippi State was desperate, rowdy atmosphere for them, road game, everybody's losing on the road this year, and this team's just clearly locked in on March. Now, if we want this team to do big things in March, you can't go get punked by Mississippi State on the road a few weeks before Selection Sunday. That shouldn't make us feel warm and fuzzy inside if that were to be the scenario that unfolds tonight. But... I just have seen enough from this team, Roush. I, like, maybe it's just season fatigue, if, if nothing else. But I've seen enough from this team that if they go out there tonight 
and they and the calls don't go their way or they're just missing open shots or something wonky happens, it's not going to change my March outlook. Now, if they go down there and they pummel Mississippi State, they come out mad, call me a hypocrite because I'm going to put stock into that. So I am doing a little bit of fanning today, but I do think there's some truth to it. That like I think this team has a little bit of NFL, we've got the postseason locked up fatigue to them. Where it's just like get us to the get us to the postseason. We're ready for it. Maybe they're not ready for it. Maybe they still have room to improve. I think that they do have room to improve. But if they're if they lose a random road game, I'm just not going to lose any sleep over it tonight. Of course, I say that it'll be nine fifteen. UK will be in overtime. They'll get a bad call, and I'm probably going to end up losing my mind and going ballistic in the Dash Clips KRC post game show after the game tonight. But I just – I don't want to say it's a house money game tonight because there is importance in the standings, but I'm not having any big outlook changes based on one game in a loss this evening. I'll just be – I'll get out in front of that. Unless it's a blowout or unless there's like a catastrophic injury, I, a loss isn't going to damper my spirit. Okay. That's that's a fun way to look at it. Um, it will damper mine. You want to ruin Mississippi State's season because – they kind of have to win to get an NCAA tournament. I don't no, know. They don't. No, they don't. Not true. They're like they're projected like an eight seed right now. They're they are comfortably in as of today. They'd have to lose like three of their next five, which is possible. Which maybe, is yeah, ma- maybe. Um, I, I agree with you that like normally you'd look at that team and be like, oh, that's as bubble as a bubble team gets. I, I was looking at their schedule and I'm like. I mean, they've got a good record, but who have they beat, you know? And you don't, you don't want to be the one that gives them the quality win that ensures that on the NCAA tournament. And for me, part of it is yeah, awesome road win. They got, is Auburn and Vandy, are those only two road wins in the SEC play? Georgia is that – is that – are you are you for Kentucky or for Mississippi Kentucky. State? Kentucky. Kentucky. Yeah. Auburn and Vandy. I just I want another one. I'm not. I don't think that's being too selfish. And Arkansas. Okay. And do they do they even play basketball there anymore? I always like winning down there, even if they stink. We'll count it this yeah. year. Yep, we're yeah. gonna count it. Um, but part of it is, I don't. It hasn't it felt like this year? It's always two steps forward, one step back. I just yes. want to avoid the one step back. Um, because here's the thing: is I'll have that approach that you're having at Tennessee, right? Like that's a house money game. There's no doubt about it. And you know what? It wouldn't shock me if they came out there and, and blitzed them and got some revenge and kicked their ass. I want to see this ball just continue to roll in the right direction. Um, and and more importantly, the sense of urgency. It looked like Kentucky was too comfortable at LSU last week. It was a little lackadaisical. Well you know, said. Like, well like, said. Like, let's, let's have a little fire under our ass. and Because you know what? Things you, – you nailed it. Like, they, they aren't going to – Kentucky's not going to be out free throw shooting this team. Uh, the other weird part of that that box score too is Reeves having twenty seven points and only making two threes. You're like, wait, he? Huh? That? Oh, because he scored ten points on the free throw line. Um, so you're not. <laughs> things aren't going to go your way tonight. And you know what? That's going to happen in some of these postseason games. Like stuff's going to happen. You're going to have to grind out this game. Would love to see Kentucky grind out a win in Starkville. Um, it just it would make me so happy, so and so so happy. Did you watch the journey video from the win on Saturday? Uh, I was like halfway in between it when we came back from commercial break. It was it's awesome. The music, uh, man, they're so good. The music syncing it up, it just ah, so. Well, good. 
It is so great. I forget which game it was. It was a home win. Maybe it was the old Miss game. The the way they did the music, I mean, they always are good with the music, but like the storytelling in the old Miss Journey video, it's like they have like the, the, the softest like orchestra music and it's so beautiful, but they're showing all these like really bright lights and quick shots and fans going crazy. And it, it kind of like the symbolism of just like basketball is this hold on soccer nuts. Okay. Just chill out. Basketball is this beautiful game and there could be so much outside noise and chaos and maybe a court storming just ensuing just right there on the edge. But in the moment, the players that are playing, it just you're locked in, Roush. You don't hear about all that. And those journey videos do such a good job of just it is pure craziness all around you. But in that moment, you're doing your own little thing. But one thing about the journey video from yesterday, when they went to halftime, it was great first half against Alabama on Saturday. That was a pumped up locker room, understandably and rightfully so. Was it Aaron Bradshaw? One of the players said, remember what happened last time? It's 0-0. Zero, zero. Now, may, we don't see the journey videos when they lose. Maybe the journey video at LSU at halftime, put it on them, go bury them, and then they go and they do the opposite. But I think they're learning, and I think they're growing, and I think they're realizing that we can't be nonchalant. We've got to have a good energy to us, and I agree with you. They, I think that they beat Auburn. I don't want to say they got ahead of themselves or they got cocky or anything like that, Roush, but they beat Auburn, and I think they maybe just thought that, like, all right, it's clicked, we'll be good to go. No, you got to bring it every freaking possession. You got to bring it every four-minute stretch. And for the first 20 minutes against LSU, they did it. For the final 20 minutes, they didn't. And then they turned around and had a really good 40-minute effort against Alabama. You're going to need a full 40-minute effort again tonight. And hopefully they've learned. It is an important game for seeding. But I I guess I just have accepted that if you're going to be coming out of the spot on Thursday in the SEC tournament, so be it. I don't know. I've just come to grips with I think this team is is March prepared. But to that extent, Roush, you're right, then show it. If you're yeah. March prepared, then you should be able to beat a Mississippi State team. Yep, and and start your SEC tournament quest on a Friday. Need that, want that. Um, Please just stop the sixth seed. Please. That, that's the 9-30 Thursday. Out, right? No, no, no. Like, you go 2-2. Two and two. If you lose tonight, the sixth seed is very possible. It sucks, but it is. Like, you yeah, lose – you I, lose tonight and you lose to Tennessee. You go two and two, six seed is definitely on the table. I do the thing where I I only I let other people figure out SEC tournament scenario stuff. It's just it's too much for me. I don't pay too close attention because it just changes all the time. Um It's still really complicated right now, but after the games tonight and tomorrow, it'll be it'll be much easier to predict. Yeah. And again, Kentucky wins today. They'll have a really good, really, really good chance to be in those top four spots. You lose tonight, it'll be very unlikely you get in those top four spots Just unless you upset in. Tennessee. So yeah, go so go win. win. And, but, and again, if you're the five or the four, like I want to, I want to play on Friday. And I, I think it's just more of the optics of like not finishing top four in your, in your league. Again, close calls. It is what it is. If they win the SEC tournament, can we all agree that we're not going to really care what seed they were in the SEC tournament, right? We're not. So whatever seed they get, then get out there and, and, and be ready to go. We all just think it's going to be harder if you have to start on Thursday because it will be harder. You're having to play an extra game. But let's say they are that five seed. 
all right, you're going to play Vanderbilt or Missouri probably on that, or maybe Arkansas on that Thursday. Roush, that should be a snoozer. And then you'll play the four seed, who in this scenario would likely be South Carolina. That Thursday game, in my opinion, I don't think it really hurts you until Saturday. I think it can help you on Friday. I think it hurts you Saturday, and then I think Sundays just you throw everything in the pot, you stir it around, and you see what you, you see what comes to the top. You see what floats, and so if they got to go out of the Thursday spot, I'll be all right with it. Yeah, but here, here's here's the the counter though is if you go on a run, like I don't know about you, but I, I'm kind of with you. You make it to the SEC championship, you want to win, but you've maxed out if you start on Friday. Like you're at three games, whereas Saturday. I still want to win that semifinal game, and but then you're looking at four in four days and just the fatigue that, that comes with that. Yeah, I think uh, that's where the biggest advantage is for the top four seeds is that semifinal game. If you're playing a team on Thursday that's playing their third game in three days versus your second and two, it's yeah. noticeable in the legs. Yeah. Now, Sunday, it could be three games in three days for one team and four games in four days for the other. I don't think that matters as much. I think that fine line right there is the two and two versus the three and three. I think the two and two on Friday versus the one and one can actually be an advantage for the Thursday team. You've been out there. You've played in that arena. You've seen shots go in. You have your legs underneath you, which can help, versus the team on Friday usually has a six-day break. Are we talking ourselves into a Thursday start here, fellas? No, we're not. But I do think that Thursday team can have an advantage on the Friday team, just not the 6 o'clock. And I had had a couple people tweet me and be like, oh, I I wouldn't mind UK being in the late spot. If you're the 6 o'clock game, you're not playing – you're playing a – Bum team on Thursday night at 9.30 or 9.45 in a game that UK should just sleepwalk through, but probably would just like go through the motions. It'd be closer than it should be. We'd have to stay up later, caring, blah, blah, blah. And then you have to do the same thing again Friday. And then you just run it on back, Roush. Just rewind, and you have to do it all over again. Please know, if you're going to Nashville, I could understand the appeal of that. Like, it's late nights, there's not as many people out, but it's blah, blah, blah. I get that. But give me that Give me that five. If, if UK's not going to play on Friday, give me that five spot. You play at 3.30 on Thursday, you play again 3.30 on Friday. Why not, yeah, Roush? No, you, you can't do the late night. That's Don't like the late night. No, it's going to end poorly. Um, Some of us has to sell wallets, Scoots, and that's hard, to, that's hard wallet selling season. That's true. It's a good point. People forget. Which for, which speaking of selling season, Roush, is there a certain pizza company in Louisville or in Lexington you've been uh, craving for a little bit after Reed and Rob have been on their job? Got to get that Pep 150. <laughs> <laughs> so that do is- it. So get it. Yeah, so get it. <laughs> so Rob, Rob Dillingham and Reed Shepard, they did an advertisement for Donato's in Lexington, which I used to get Donato's in Lexington pretty frequently back I when I was one- in college. I had one friend who it was probably twice a week for him, and he just it was like you could always roll on Greg to eat Donatos, always getting Donatos. Um, they were heavy on the Ronies, heavy Pepper- on the pepperoni, Pepperoni it, City. I just part of me wonders: okay, are they just bad at reading scripts, or so? Yes, this is the question: is this intentional? Was this the? Was this the? Because it's intentional, it's great. Like, was this the sketch? 
We've seen this before. Lane Kiffin did that at FAU where he was like, come out to the spring game. We're going to play football. Here's my guess. I think Donato's reached out to UK and they said, we want to get Reed and Rob. We're on our job. We want to get be on the feed like Rob and Reed. What can we do to get it? Like, what's the what's the least amount of money we can spend to get these dudes to talk about Donatos? And I bet Kentucky came back and they were like, you know, this is our this is the dollar amount. And I wonder if Donatos countered and said, like, we're literally talking. They on their own phone in an elevator can just read this script. Like, what would that cost? All they have to do is read this thing. We'll we'll do a poster for them and we'll give them X amount of dollars. And I think UK just probably was like, yeah, okay, whatever. They'll do it. If that all they have to do, they don't have to go anywhere. They don't have to meet with anybody. They can just do it in the elevator. Okay, that's fine. I think that I think this was planned by Donatos. And I think it was a genius marketing strategy. One, I think they got it on the cheap. And two, it was hilarious. These people seem like they're being held hostage talking about Donatos in an elevator. <laughs> and they're like, and don't forget to use the promo code DUO. And you too can get a poster. Scooch, we gotta play it at this point. Send it to him. Yeah, I'm not familiar with it. I haven't seen it. Well, you didn't know that Reed and Rob were on their job? I knew they were on their job. I didn't know they had a job with Donatos. I also appreciate, too, that Reed is wearing a T-shirt that was just from the bottom of the laundry bin. Like, there's nothing. It's wrinkled up, got the bacon collar, um, super sloppy. And the thing Reed, is, Reed, Reed also looks like he's 13 years old, and that's just me being old. I get that, but he also like they just look like kids that are like, "Hey, we're getting paid to do this. All right, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it and get our money. Hurry, hurry, go, 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 go." How, how many takes do we think it took for this masterpiece too? <laughs> Two, because Rob is like giggling in one of them, and I don't know if he's giggling because it's funny or because he's like they're actually paying us to say this. Really, they should they they should have done the uh, the outtakes with it as well. Uh, right. Scoots, do you yep. do you have it ready? Yep. All right, here it is. Here's what we're talking about: the Reed and Rob commercial. What's up, Lexington? Rob and Reed here. We're your official Donatos duo. Order our favorite pizzas at any Lexington Donatos and get a limited edition poster. My favorite pizza is the Hot Honey, and you can add banana peppers if you want it Reed style. And I'm a fan of pepperoni, so I always go for that Pep One Fifty. So you should get that. Use code Donato's Duo when ordering <laughs> to get $2 off your order and a limited edition poster. Follow at Donato's Lex on Instagram for more info and giveaways. Whew, that's rough. That's rough. rough? That's you mean rough. Perfect? That's rough. That's perfect. Uh, <laughs> really, Reed is the one that really kind of ruins this, if we're going to be honest. Rob is, is, does a fine job. Reed, have you ever read before, Reed? Oh, he's like, got he's got very much reading Little House on the Prairie to like the whole classroom vibe. He's even got like one eye that's like totally squinted. Reed, like, and I like the hot honey. And I just love Rob's like, and I like pepperoni. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know what, though? I got to get it now so I can get that poster. Right? Got to get gonna the It's going to be a coveted poster. You bet your sweet bonds the first assist between one of those two to the other one tonight. Donato's duo. Out on, I mean, it's a uh, genius marketing strategy from Donato's. It, it certainly is. And do we have it in the budget to do a roll call, something like this? We just get Big Z. Gosh, Big Z was so cute in the Journey video, too. That dude. So likable. So fun. Um, can I also, I don't know. 
Can I be the first to say that Reed Shepard is going to be back next year? Am I am I the first? Have we? Have I don't we know if you're the first, but there are people that that think that. I I love hearing people say that. I disagree with it, but I love hearing it. Yeah, I'm just I'm pretty convinced that that's gonna that's gonna happen. I'm with you. Why? Why, why, fellas? Why? Well, some of it is like the the whispers and all that sort of stuff. Um, some of it is we talk about in theoretical these nil dollars being there, but like. I mean, Reed's got freaking milk ads. You know, like he is a very wanted, coveted marketing person in the state of Kentucky. Third and most importantly, there most guys that are one and done in Kentucky are one and done because they dreamed of like growing up and being in the NBA. Reed dreamed of growing up and being at Kentucky. Why would he want to abandon that quickly? And I know there's People out there who will just note what he can make being a lottery pick in the NBA. But I also think that if what like you also can't forget the long term investments if you also stay at UK. Um, so and there, there's also some some talk about just what's best for him. It might be, you know, for, as far as his family, like going off and living the NBA lifestyle, he's probably not ready for that. You Talked about it right there. He looks like a 13-year-old out there. There, there's we forget sometimes how young these guys are. And I saw a stat that Jonathan G. of all in the pooled 40%, uh, 43% of the players taken in the 2020 and 2021 NBA draft have already been ditched by the team that drafted them. They've already just like, ah, eh, okay, we took a chance on this guy. Not happening. We're moving on. What? What? That that was three years ago, right? Like he, you could players in that draft could still be making money playing college basketball, developing, improving, and then going to the NBA and then re- receiving the same recycled treatment. So, I'm I'm feeling good about like I know it might seem like a pipe dream, but I I, I think it's going to happen. And what I'm more interested is. What well, was also in that Jonathan G of all in the 2025 mock draft because you tell me Big Z's coming back too with Reed and Adu. Yeah, that keeps keeps a lot of folks on board. We're not don't want to put the horse before the cart, all uh, Trevor Kelsey, but So what would what would the Cal haters say to that? Like, hey, let's say this season ends. Let's just try to make it like as gray area as possible with a disappointing Sweet 16 loss. Okay, disappointing Sweet 16, most gray area. But but Big Z says he's coming back. Reed's coming back. Adu's coming back. They're all coming back with the idea that, you know, Cal is obviously going to – they're not coming back if Cal's not going to be back. What do the Cal haters do in that spot? It's, uh, Haters gonna put tape. The meme of meme of the guy who's sweating to push that button. Oh, the one that South Georgia Wildcat tweeted about Jay Billis earlier this morning. Oh yeah, yeah, that one. Which, by the way, that video did come on my timeline, and just like I, I at least appreciate that Jay knows that, like, yeah, uh, the truth is, is that nobody wants to storm the court. Like that, that schools don't want to get rid of this rule. Um, so at least he's acknowledging that. But back to. Your initial question with that—that th- that would be that what would are the, be what are the, what are the Cal haters do? I, it, I would 
like again, you know, and I, even I have said, even I have said that, like, you know, after this year, if you don't have big time results, you've done it with the freshmen, you've done it with experienced players. It, it, it could just be a you thing. I'm so in love with Big Z. I don't if he if him and Cal are a package deal, I, Cal can be deceased. And if Big Z is going to still play next to him, um, bring him on back. Roll roll out the casket. Because you do see where he can be so awesome. I want Big Z, level. like just a, a year following around Big Z where he's like the starting five and just a year in the a, a year in the weight room, a year in Lexington, getting stronger, getting better, getting a little bit more familiar with the college game. Dude could be a freak. I could not believe that mock draft that had him, what, 40th in 2025? Like strongly, yeah. maybe 44th. It was 40th or 44th. He had yeah, two UK players. Like I forget which one was which. Yeah. I, I could not believe that. I, I would think an NBA team couldn't wait to get their hands on him now, let alone late in 2025. But, Roush, that was kind of my first instinct, too, is does Jonathan Giovanni think that he's going to be coming back? Because I certainly hope so. And you're right. If you get if you're, if you're Reed's coming back and scoots, do you just parrot what Roush says about Reed? Is that your rationale why you think he's coming back, too? Because um, both of you all said you think he'll be back. Not really, although I did really like Roush's statement that most kids grow up dreaming of going to the NBA, and I think it is true that Reed grew up wanting to go to Kentucky. So, no, for me, he, Reed just strikes me as a kid that really wants to enjoy being a kid and enjoys being a Kentucky Wildcat in the college scene. I don't. I just don't know that he's all that ready to get to the NBA. I mean, I could see him taking even a third year at Kentucky. I don't I don't think that's crazy to say that, but so I, I just I think he's he's more of a type of player. At least he strikes me as the type of guy who wants to take it slow, just enjoy what life has to offer. So I, for me, I just think he's he just loves being a college kid. It's like what we all say that we would do and like how we would feel. Scoots, if you got to play for IU or Roush, if, if you or I got to play for Kentucky, it's like we wouldn't be a rush to get out of there. Money's just money. You know, you can always get more of it. You don't blah, blah, blah. I hope you all are right. And I see that angle and I see that scenario and I, I, buy, I really do. I buy into it. It's just the 10th pick in the draft last year got $4.5 for just one season of playing basketball. Well, and- four point five million just for one season, let alone what their rookie deal is, just for one year of playing basketball, four point five million, let alone what the contract deal is. You're just talking about tens of millions of dollars with that decision. Where it's like, I love UK so much, it's going to be so hard to walk away from this. But I'm talking about like my kids' kids if I take care of my money. Well, and I don't know, I don't it's know the finances. I don't know the finances of their whole family, but I have to imagine they've got some pretty pretty decent money yeah. saved up Jeff, in the Jeff family. In the NBA, exactly. Exactly. They're, so they're okay. That's kind of what no. I'm thinking. And and Reed, I mean like if you think about it, him being 18 years old, what's the difference when you're 18 between having I don't know, five hundred thousand to a million to having five million? It, it, when you're 18 years old, that's that's the say it's a lot of money. Because you're not, you're you're right. You're and like he he and Rosh is right. He'll make a killing. Like he'll make over a million if he comes back for another year. Easy over for sure. Million. Yeah, and, and it's not even crazy to think that he could potentially get like, I mean, four point five million is is too much. He won't get four point five million staying and playing college basketball for another year. But it's not crazy to think he couldn't get potentially like two million, maybe somewhere if the crafts really just busted it open potentially. But 
you're it's not just that it's not just the one year you're talking about the whole contract and then you're talking about like yeah i can get two million dollars if i come back but what if i blow out my knee and i never get that chance at the nba and these are all big hypotheticals that we don't think would happen and we certainly don't want to happen but you better believe that Reed's agent is going to be presenting all that information to them saying, you know, this is very, I get that you're a Kentucky fan and we get that you like to play here, but you got to think about, I mean, you got to think about all this stuff. It's real. I hope that you can get a nice insurance policy. That's true too. Those exist. Those exist. All right. We're going to take our last break. Roush, we didn't get to it yesterday, but I've got to at least bring up that Rick Bozich article about Kenny Payne. Okay. We have to. I got to get to that. We're going to Africa. It, it's wild. And then we'll get to what the text line. The way that Rick Bozich loves Kenny Payne. Like well, it's loyalty, right? My there. wife doesn't love me as much as Rick Bozich loves Kenny Payne. And that's sadly, factually, probably true. But that guy really, they're, they're buds. They're buds. Roush is right. Find you somebody like that in your life. We'll come back one final segment. Kentucky Roll Call on Big Exports Radio coming up next. Welcome back. One final segment. Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio Game Day Edition. Cats take on Mississippi State. It's a big one for standing, seating, all that stuff. We've talked a lot about it. We'll continue to talk about it here on Kentucky Roll Call after we tell you about Salsaritas and their two locations in Louisville. Taco Tuesday. Check them out. Middletown. It's got a drive through St. Matthew's covered patio. It's going to be warm out there today, but there may be some rain. So, Enjoy that covered patio. Get that nice weather. Get that nice food from Salsaritas. And keep them in mind, the Fresh Mexican Grill, for all your catering needs. You've got a party coming up. Graduation parties are going to be here before you know it. Keep Salsaritas catering in your in mind. I know a ton of people that have used them. I know there's a, a KRC listener that has a wedding coming up. That Salsaritas is going to be catering their wedding. They can do it all. No party too big, no party too small, and you can do it all online on the Salsaritas app. Download it today. We love Salsaritas. You do as well. I didn't love Rick Bozich's article defending Kenny Payne. Roush, it was Louisville man level of propaganda. Like, Rick even himself. And I, and I, I do respect Rick. More articles like this... I'll still respect him as a person. I'll lose a little bit more respect as a writer because he couldn't even help him. He, he couldn't even help but call out one of his own dumb points a paragraph after he had even stated it. Which is like, think about that. You're making a, you're writing a column to defend somebody, and you can't even help but poke at your own arguments a paragraph after making the point. That just if he can if he has to do that to his own points, just think what everybody else is doing to pretty much all of the points. We're poking holes in this thing like it's Swiss cheese, baby. Let me read this excerpt for you. Um, yeah, I'm wondering which excerpt in particular because there's there's a lot of oh, there's so many. 
It's yeah. like basically, let me spend the first half saying like, ooh, look at all this good that Kenny's done. Here's my butt slapping for my friend. And then the second half is just like, yeah, but they also really suck at defense. They're so bad. They suck. And fans aren't showing up to games. The there, There's two parts that, that killed me more than any. But let me read this part. You win with veteran teams in college basketball these days, as Payne uh, as Payne as Payne has said repeatedly. The Cards rank 310th in Division One experience at Ken Palm's analytic website. UL typically starts one junior, three sophomores, and a freshman. Sometimes even two freshmen. Ooh. Whoa! He goes on to say. Yes, the Notre Dame game was awful. Pick a word worse worse than awful if you'd like. Notre Dame, for the record, was less experienced than U of L and won by twenty two. Rick, you can't do that. You can't do that. You can't say U of L so inexperienced. They start one junior and three sophomores and a freshman. A team that starts one freshman, Rick, ain't that inexperienced. I'm sorry, it just isn't. And then not only do you make that dumb point, no offense, you follow it up by saying, oh, yeah, and the team that just beat them by 22 is actually more inexperienced, but but really inexperienced all the same. You know, we're all inexperienced in this thing. What? What a terrible two paragraphs to write for a Hall of Fame journalist. No offense, Rick. I do. I, I respect you. He goes on to say, but Louisville did win back-to-back home games against Florida State and Georgia Tech before delivering that dud against the Irish. Rick, it is U of L freaking basketball. I don't think anybody enjoys having a laugh at the Cardinals as much as Nick Roush and myself. But goodness gracious, my man, you were talking about wins over Georgia Tech, and who was the? I even forgot the other team was such a pathetic win. Florida State. You're talking about wins over Georgia Tech and Florida State to hang your hat on as well. Yeah, that lost by 22 points at home to last place or second to last place Notre Dame was pretty bad, but they did beat Georgia Tech and Florida State. Can you believe that, Rush? I also just love that he's um, talking about how they need to be more experienced when the crux of the article is, look, Kenny's recruiting. He's got 20 guys. It, it, like, how do you know Carter Knox? He said, matter-of-factly, that Carter Knox is a Louisville lean. Is who? Do I trust you? It's hearing that from Kenny? No. Yeah. The last paragraph of this, he said, the Cards' offensive and defensive efficiency has improved from the woeful performance of last season. And he goes on to say, but there is room to grow. Rick, they have won nine games this year? They've won nine games. Who cares if their numbers improved from a four-win season? They've won nine games. They're in last place in the ACC again, and you're defending it. By writing that article, you're defending it. It's crazy to me. And then, Rosh, that was the second part, and I won't read it verbatim, but him saying, I've got sources saying two players are just waiting for Kenny to be confirmed back, and they're going to commit two five-stars. This team's way too inexperienced, but if you bring in more inexperienced players, and they will, if you just keep them, if you keep them around, they're coming. That was my first thought, too, Roush, is everybody that has any inside info on the Carter Knox recruitment says Kentucky or he's going to just stay in the OTE. Nobody say in Louisville, except for Rick Bozich and Nolan Smith, probably. Um, love this line, too. The word is that Payne flew to the Detroit area to watch a class of 2025 recruit Friday night. Point guard who not played for the Cards for two seasons. That's not the schedule of a coach who has surrendered. 
Oh, and that was – I also skipped, glossed over the part. Oh, God, he's two, two intriguing recruits competing in fans um, that – and a center from NBA Africa Academy that uh, sent Okorafor to UofL. So, yeah, because Okorafor, been really good for the cards. Hey, like, Kenny, I don't, I don't mind writing this article for me for you, but can you just tell me what recruits you think you're going to get? Well, there's two in 2024 I think we'll definitely get, and then I was up recruiting – Kenny, just just Rick, Kenny, everybody, it's a disaster. And it can be considered one of the worst coaching hires in the history of the sport. It's Louisville basketball. I can't believe I have to defend them for what where where things are at. But bragging about wins against Georgia Tech and Florida State and saying that the offense and defensive efficiency numbers have improved on a team that is dead last in the ACC and has won eight games. Excuse me, they haven't won nine. They've won eight games is embarrassing. You're better than that. No offense. Well, All right, I just wanted to bring. I had to bring up that article. Just had to. Sorry, it was. Uh, it was that was not. And then did you see Eric Crawford came back today, just talking about how bad everything is, or yesterday? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so WDRB, they're 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 playing both sides of it, and. Bozich is being a good friend. You're right, Roush. We could all we could all use good friends like that. Yeah. Let's get to the Thornton stacks line. What do you say? Let's do it. 502-414-1450 is the number. We got a lot of texts. I don't really know. Where Let's just start from the bottom. Now we're here? Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, hoping for a read return, but important to remember that DJ is on this team. His dad is the famous story of why you don't risk going to the draft if a lottery projection. So players and parents have that fresh in their mind. Maybe Neil changes that sign. I mean. Neil should change that a lot for what it's worth, but a, yeah. a fair point by the texture. Yeah. Um. The Cal haters that I know would say that you bring Prime MJ and Cal still couldn't win with him. See, and that's why it's important that, like, there had like an elite eight heartbreak. I think would would be would get us closer to talking ourselves back into it. But to answer your question, TJ, I think it would be just as contentious offseason, even if Reed and Big Z are back. Uh, I don't. I don't know if it'd be contentious because the thing, like. It goes both ways. When, when there's fuel, the light will keep burning. If we're excited about the next season's team, people, the, the haters are still going to be there, and they'll make their snarky comments when they any opportunity that they can. But there won't be like a loss that they can refuel up on, right? They'll they'll just they'll just have to kind of suck it up until the season starts, and and then once Kentucky loses when the season starts, they'll be rejuvenated. But for the Cal supporters or the UK supporters, because if you got Reed back and you got Big Z back and you got Adu back and you got Jordan Burks back with what they're bringing in, it'd be you'd be crazy not to be excited about it. You could think that Cal couldn't coach his way out of a paper bag, but if they had that talent in, you'd have to get excited about that group. I mean, you just if you if you like basketball, you would at but, least. But the, would the other argument would be like this is every year. We're like we're excited about people coming back every year. Oscar it, came back, you know, like that. That would be their argument against it, and I don't think it would be invalid either. And that that's kind of where the impasse is. Is that like yeah. yes, we know you've got talent. It's just how it's you know it's almost like that order of wings Roush that you know is going to tear up your insides, but they're just so good, and you're just so hungry. And they smell so good. And they look so delicious. You can't say no to them. You want them so badly. So you take them. And yeah, you're risking that the end result may not be what you want. But aren't you going to have fun while you're enjoying them? 
aren't we going to have fun next year if yeah, Reed well, does come back, if Big Z does come back, if you get that core back? Yeah, but then they would argue that these wings don't taste as good as they used to. The chef is slacking, and they're not cooking them as well. Something's off with the sauce. They're not fried as well. And that's that's really just where I think this entire fan – like when Jack wrote that long – I, I like that. Oh, last I, week. About fighting between the fan base, like there's very much a. You just had a great little analogy there that I think works. Um, where a lot of it just is, we're willing to play this game that Cal has played, if if the results follow, and it's hard to continue to do it repeatedly if the results aren't followed. Yeah, no, I, taste as good as they used to. And right? I have said the exact opposite. That like, if this year doesn't have a fun March run, I, I just I don't know how I could talk myself into getting excited about a bunch of fun pieces the next year and just doing it all over again. But here I am literally talking myself into it. If you get those players back. Now, if it's another mass exodus and you're just having to do a complete and total restart with the exception of like maybe one player coming back, I think I'd be more willing to say goodbye to this recruiting class, Roush. Like I love Jaden Quaintance. I love him. I think he's going to be a star. But I wouldn't have – like I – if this year, if they lost in the second round and then everybody's saying that they're going to go pro or transfer or something like that, then I would be more willing to stand strong in what I said last offseason. They're like, if you can't do it with this group, it may be just be time to do to try something new. But if you return pieces with the recruiting class, I'll probably be a sucker again. A full a self-awareness at 100, I'll fully admit it. I'll, I'll be a sucker again because I just – Gosh, that would be such a, a lot of – if you get a lottery pick to come back, that'd be crazy if you got a lottery pick to come back, um, potentially. All right, a texter on the Thornton's text line says, just some context, Alabama is the only SEC team to beat Mississippi State and Starkville. Both Tennessee and Auburn have lost there this year. Side note, the powerhouse Southern Jaguars won in Starkville this year also. All right, well, everybody's talking about how nobody had won at Auburn. Cats did that. So look, I, I hope that – the coaches are making that a big deal. Nobody wins in Starkville except the Southern Jaguars in Alabama. You all can join that elite company. Hopefully they're ready for it. Uh, but Kentucky will not shoot 17 more free throws tonight than Mississippi State. Take that to the bank. Yeah, and if I'm not mistaken, yeah, Alabama scored 87 points in that game. Uh, actually, no, no, that was their home game. But I think they had to do it by outscoring. TJ, like, what's a Jaguar? A jaguar, it's a, it's a big cat, similar in the ballpark of a tiger or a lion, but a jaguar is something that I think is a little bit smaller than both those big cats, and you'll find them more in a rainforest-like atmosphere than, yeah. a, than a jungle. Are they more commonly known as a jaguar? No, not unless you're an idiot. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Let's get to the next text here on the Thornton's text line. Or a jaguar. <laughs> a jaguar. Like, whenever you watch those nature documentaries and, like, Look, it's a Jaguar. Got <laughs> some big old paws on those those ass too. Big old. Florida was another quad one road win. Yes, go. it was. Yeah, it was. Uh, Texter says boobs. Okay, odd choice, but writing it down, I do love them. Roll call. I'm talking about your your code word. Oh no, the code. That, well, I can't repeat it, but it was not. That was not it. <laughs> oh man, that's good. That's good. Scoots, you fell for a fake tweet. Streaker wasn't allowed to make his bet at the casino. Tried to make a fifty thousand dollars bet, but of course they didn't take it. Is anyone surprised I fell for something fake? Anyone yeah, at you all? think you you would take two seconds to like just click to be like, I wonder if that's real. <laughs> 
Indiana Tim here. Good morning, fellas. Maybe the national talking heads could ask Flopikowski why he would try to engage with that Stormer. He's at fault also. Hey, another thing that nobody's talking about, and this really grinds my GD gears, Roush. Wake Forest took a timeout after their free throw to go up four. With one second left. Yeah. With one second left, there was a timeout. Wake Forest up four. What are you doing, Duke? Hey, J- nobody's talking about John Shire being a, a, a rookie idiot to not know that, hey, maybe you get your best players away from all the craziness. Why was Flipikowski on the total other end of the floor when there was a timeout with one second left? Down four. Down four. Well, I'm not saying you have to put in all, and Cal has done that in the past. I'm not saying you have to put in all the bench walk-on players, but why not have everybody right next to your bench, throw it in, let the one second go off, and be done with it. Who rushed the floor earlier against Kentucky this season? LSU did. South Carolina, I think, did. Okay, it was the South Carolina game. Yeah, Cal, I mean, I remember that game. Cal, there was still time on the clock, and he was telling his guys, go back in the tunnel. Go back, like, we're not even going to put ourselves in this situation. And that's what coaches normally do. With four points, you could theoretically, like, if we hit a three and we're fouled, it's not impossible. It's impossible. Unless you're playing against UK and they do something silly like that. Uh, Texter says, Indi- or, uh, they are rebroadcasting the Alabama versus Kentucky game on SEC Network this morning at 8.30. Wow, that means right now. Check it out. Wow. Go check not it the, out. Not the cats calling the kettle black. What was that? I don't know what that was in reference to. Me neither. Black cat that's been hanging around my house lately. It's good luck, actually. Hi, guys. Illinois won't let us bet any in-state teams. That's so dumb. I mean, just so, so dumb. That is so dumb. That would make me so mad. Uh, We had 92 points in the first 29 minutes, Gil. Yeah, Gil being upset with the Cats' performance against UK. 92 points in 29 minutes. 92 points in 29 minutes. That's wild. That's crazy. And I... I, yeah, didn't uh, Sean Vincel have a tweet about UK not shooting enough threes? I don't know. I quit following him. He was way too crazy. What was their he, points he per said, possession on Saturday? One point five at one point. Just crazy. That is so crazy. <laughs> he said weird trend. UK's hitting over forty four percent on threes, but reverting back to normal Calipari level of three point frequency. Yeah, I mean, what? How many did they shoot on Saturday? Twenty-four. <laughs> what? Okay. Like again? You know, I, that's in. You know, a team that's shooting forty-four percent from three for the year, they should shoot plenty of threes. But I just don't know if I would have anything that would come off even as a slight complaint about this offense coming off a hundred and seventeen point performance. I don't know. I I don't know. Yeah. Go, go go into that text from that texter about Gill. 92 points in 29 minutes. Maybe we take a little break from the offensive criticism. Yeah. Yay? Nay? Anybody? I say yay. A texter on the Thornton's text line says, on the Shire clip, it's good to listen to what other coaches say in press conferences, provide some context for all the Cal stuff we complain about. And that's a good point. Yeah, not like not that, like, you know, we should – people don't listen to other coaches' press conferences, so they're not going to get that. But other coaches are also annoying, folks. And guess what? If we have another coach in here for 10 or 15 years, they also will be annoyed. Uh, they will have things that will be annoying. That Walters feller. I get annoyed with things that Stoop says. He's been here forever. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
I can't hear Roush. I don't know if Scoots can. That worries me. I can hear. Okay. Okay. I can't hear either of you, so that's not good. Maybe I'm not what we're looking for. Plug and plug. We're good. All right. Yeah. Glad you can hear. Um, Can I just did. Did you see the graphic that Braden Walsh put out with the Antonio Reeves, like showing the strength and conditioning improvements from year to year? Did you see? Do you follow that guy on Instagram, TJ? No, I don't. But I did see those tweets uh, briefly. The graphic, yeah. very funny. That field goal percentage and like he, he, the strength coach also taking credit for Reeves's improvements in three point shooting percentage. I, just, I enjoy that. I love it. Yeah. Do it. Do what you want when you're popping. Also, that that applies to Rick Pitino, who brought out the white suit on Sunday, and it just kept off the perfect Pitino week, where he went from uh, calling his players out to a terrible loss to wearing the white suit and beating Creighton by like twenty points. <laughs> it was just ah, Rick Pitino, just a gift that keeps on giving. We miss him. We miss his antics here in in the state. Uh, another texter on the Thornton's text line says. You think Donato's picked out Reed's shirt for that ad, or was it his call? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it really was like the Haynes shirt that has been washed a hundred times already. Where it's like, and probably just start using this as a rag, Reed. Like this thing is, this thing's gone by the wayside. And if you don't mind, Reed, could you just put on your wrinkliest white shirt when you get in the elevator for the Reed? If you don't mind, uh, that would be that would be great. It is a hilarious shirt. It's a hilarious ad. Well done, Donatos. Well done, Rob and Reed, on your job. Getting your Donatos, pepperoni, and hot honey makes, pizzas. Makes me want to eat some some Donatos. Uh, flew under the radar, but our on-ball defense was fantastic on Saturday. Edwards and Reeves stood out to me the most. Yeah, I was really impressed with Edwards. Um, Moving in the right direction. Yeah. That Walters fellow for Alabama was absolute food. We went at him every time. Yes, they did. Shirley Scoots is making up these names. Trent Sicily? That's not made up at all. I'm not that creative. Scoots, I did see um, a damning tweet for a conversation that we had yesterday. Oh, yeah. Would you like to hear it? Sure. Okay. It's not totally the exact same argument you were making, but in the Big Ten, Indiana has 46 stars on their basketball roster compared to produce 33 stars. Your thoughts? Really? Mm. That's- Indiana has the most stars in the Big Ten? Michigan, Ohio State are second and third. Purdue is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, tenth, tenth in stars. Yeah, but that doesn't really go with my point yesterday because I, I bet if you break nice. those down by Indiana players, Purdue has a smoked in terms of stars. I mean, we yeah, got, but like at the at the end of the day, if you're relying just strictly on Indiana stars to be a good basketball program, then why can literally every other program in the country be solid except for you? <laughs> Yeah, like you are getting good players. You're just not getting good Indiana players now. Is the is the is the pivot? Well, I mean, I think it's always revolved around the Indiana guys. Like that's that's how you start to build the roster. Get some in-state guys. Get everybody, all the fans hyped about those guys, and then build around that. And that that was just my overall point. We haven't really done that for the last several years. Well, you got the most talent. Uh, texter, two texters say, I disagree. Walking's fun, and somebody else says, Nonsense, Scoots. I'm listening to roll call as I do my daily two mile walk right now. Wow. Walking confirmed fun. Hmm. Wow. Scoots confirmed can suck it. All right, Roush, you want to give your prediction? I'll save mine for the Rutherford show later today. I'm doing the KRC pregame and postgame show. It's just the pregame show is the official Mike Rutherford show as well. Um, by the way, I had a dream that Kenny Payne got fired today, and Rutherford was pissed that he wasn't on air and you were on air instead. 
So that'd be hilarious. I, that'd be funny to fire him be- the day before the Duke game too, when they could have done it like a week ago. Yeah, it would be very, very funny. It would be funny. Uh, right, give me your prediction, Roush. Cats are going to grind it out 79-77. I, I do think Trey plays um, and will play a, do a decent job. Uh, but you go box a bunch of shots and Reed finally gets hot from outside the first time in a while. So give me the Cats 79-77. Mm, that hot honey from outside. Hey, go to ShadyRays.com. Use the promo code Big X for 40% off. Fun show today. Thanks, everybody, for texting in. I'll be back on the Big X with Scooch from 3 to 6 today. We'll have a lot of fun guests planned for you. It's going to be a fun show. The second code word for those that are going to be following along, now. 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 Go Cats. Go Cats.